Welcome to The Howler. Your look at the state of Wolfpack athletics. Now here are your hosts, Ethan Berry and Thomas Overton. Welcome back another week. Another edition of The Howler, Ethan Berry and Thomas Overton alongside you as always. Thomas, Wednesday night. How's your week going? Uh, week's been alright, you know. Life's life sometimes, so that's about all i got to say about that. So. Yeah, well, it's over halfway over now. Yeah. Uh, so we got a lot to talk about. I thought we were just going to have some basketball to talk about. But then this morning, NC State announced that Debbie Yao will be replaced by Bob Corrigan. Boo Corrigan. Boo Corrigan, sorry. You can't get that. Yeah. I keep saying uh, Bob. It's the Boo and Bubba show, you know. You got yeah. Bubba Cunningham over at Chapel Hill. So now State's going to have Boo Corrigan starting. He's going to come in in May. So he's going to spend a little time with uh, Dr. Yao before she retires. So. Oh, okay. So I didn't understand that. So he's going to start with May State 1st. now? Is he going to be with, with Debbie Yao now and then start full-time? No, he's, he starts May 1st, but she doesn't retire until July is what I read. Oh, uh, okay. So after the press conference tomorrow, he's going back to Army? I think so. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, he's replacing Debbie Yao, and uh, we've talked about it multiple times uh, throughout the school year, how great of a job that she has done. And um, I think we should probably do a a podcast at some point down the road that just talks about what she has done uh, for the athletic program. So uh, obviously she's going to be sorely missed, but we knew it was coming. Um, I can't remember exactly when she announced that she was retiring, but it's been a while. I right. want to say it's been like two or three years. So State has known that this is coming. I know there were some rumors that she might stick around, give it another year or two. But um, obviously that's not going to be the case. Uh, and I'm sure that if she wanted to stick around, she would have been allowed to because she's done right. such a great job. But before we start talking about Corrigan, what are your your thoughts on Debbie Yao and her legacy? Yeah, I mean, somebody wrote uh, today that, Debbie Yell's done a great job of giving state athletics the kick in the butt that it's needed, you know. In a bad place, most people would call it, you know, the late 90s, 2000s. And in these past five, six years, you know, across the board, every sport has improved dramatically, especially I think the winter sports, some of the best, you know. what are, I think something ridiculous like all varsity teams competing right now are ranked or it's yeah, close to all of them, it. seven yeah. out of eight or eight out of it. I don't know the numbers, but, you know, competitive in every sport – um, not just, you know, the money-making sports, the revenue sports, but also especially in the Olympic sports, swimming and diving uh, really well, obviously women's basketball. So the emphasis on being good across the board is phenomenal. Like, yeah, you don't want to just be good at football or just be good at basketball. We want to be good at everything. And I think that's what makes state athletics special. And the one sport that we don't know about is softball. Right. Because uh, Jennifer Patrick Swift is going to be in her first year upcoming uh, well, starting in next weekend, actually, right. I think. But uh, regardless, the only sport that she didn't make a hire is baseball, I think. And right. she just worked out a contract with Elliott Avent uh, during this past off offseason. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm with you. She hasn't, she hasn't made a bad hire. Right. Um, a lot of people will tell you, and I want to say the one hire she made that's not still here is Mark Gottfried. And a lot of people will tell you that that was the worst hire that she made. And, look, Mark Gottfried went out on a, on a, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? On a bad note. Okay. I guess you could say. Yeah. Two bad years. You know, two really bad years at the end. Um, and obviously the whole FBI investigation. But all things considered, where State had been before that, two Sweet Sixteens. Right. Four trips to the tournament. Uh, State was beating Chapel Hill and Duke on a regular basis. Um, you know, up until those last two years, obviously. Uh, that's what you were looking for from right. Mark Gottfried. And uh, so the point being, we don't want to turn this into a Mark Gottfried uh, conversation, but if that was her best hire, then that should just tell you how good of a job. Worst hire, but yeah. Worst hire, yeah, yeah sorry. Uh, that should tell you how good of a job she's done. And um, we'll see if one, if any of the sports and coaches that she hired can really, like, I don't want to say get to – nationally prominent but like become a national championship contender every season i don't think state has a sport that is one right now no um like wrestling is in the top 10 but just based on from what i understand about wrestling nc state is not a threat to win the national championship uh swimming and diving would be the other one right and uh, i'm not sure that they're there either but that doesn't matter like you said every winter sport is ranked obviously the football team had a good season, a couple good years in a row. Um, volleyball has been doing better. Uh, so just like you said, all across the board, she's done a great job. And um, we'll see. I mean, these coaches that she hired, they are still going on. So I don't think we can say, okay, well, her legacy is right. written. Like, it's final. I don't think you can say that. No. Like, if Kevin Keats takes NC State and wins the national championship, that counts for Debbie Yao's legacy. Right, right I'd agree with that. Yeah. So, so – that's not going to count it for Boo Corrigan. So um, we'll see what Corrigan does. I'll be interested to see, you know, what is his first project? Right. You know, what, what is the first thing that uh, – what is his goal going to be when he gets here? Maybe we'll find out tomorrow at uh, the press conference. I think there's um, – obviously great improvements were made across the board in every sport, but there's still things that need to be done. If you are Boo Corrigan, what is the first thing you're doing? Oh, boy. If I'm Boo Corrigan? Yeah, I put you on the spot right yeah, there. Yeah, you did. I mean, goodness gracious. Uh, so he's coming in in May. Replacing a coach, uh, facility upgrade, raising money. I mean, or, the easy answer is a lot of baseball fans want Doak Field to be upgraded. Yeah. But then you look, you look, if you go over to Doak Field, you're like, well, where in the world do you want it to be upgraded? You know, there's Centennial. no more space over there. So that's an option, you know. Um, dang, that's such a tough question. You, you hit me with a good one, so. <clears throat> I, I think you got to um, – I should have warned you that question yeah, beforehand, sorry. I had no answer for that, so but I went with the only thing on my head. Yeah, my answer would be uh, raising money. Um, okay. I know that's a Wolfpack Club thing, right. but it's important. Obviously, the athletic director is involved a lot there. <clears throat> State needs more money. That's yeah. just – like, there, I don't know. The only facility that State has where you're like, okay, that is a top-notch. A, nobody th- – you can count the number of teams who have a better facility than that on one hand would be Reynolds Coliseum. Right. I think you can make an argument for PNC, too, but State doesn't own that. Yeah, State so doesn't own it. I feel like – I think they just rent it um, from whoever owns that. But yeah. Reynolds, the renovation they did with Reynolds is phenomenal. Um, I think the close king – indoor practice facility is really nice, but obviously yeah. some schools that might 
that might have more need for an indoor practice facility are going to have a nicer one. You know, State can play outside year-round. Well, and other, other schools that prioritize football right, more. Right, yeah, so – that that we'll would see. be my thing. I've I've heard a stat that I don't have Wolfpack Club numbers in front of me. I'm not even sure if we could find them, but right. uh, I've heard that state is in the top three in the ACC in alumni base, like the number of alumni. Okay. And bottom three in. I think I said that wrong. Top top three in number of alumni who give, and bottom three in money given. Okay. So that means they have more people giving less money. Yeah. So you need to bump that up. And theoretically, if you have a top three giving base in the ACC, your giving should be like top five or something. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think the state needs to get closer to that. That way you can renovate, add some renovations to Carter-Friendly. You can build a new baseball stadium, something like that, and then do other things. And when bigger schools start coming after your coaches, you can keep them around. Yeah. So That's definitely a big one, you know, being able to pay for the the coaches you want to keep who, you know, other schools just flat out are going to be able to offer more. They just yeah. spend more. I think Big Ten schools spend average, you know, millions of more dollars a year across yeah. the board on athletics. So, you know, raising some of those funds definitely be a good thing. That's something he can look to do. And the ACC network is going to help, right? Right. But every other ACC school, ACC school is getting the same amount of money. Yeah. So it's not going to necessarily give state – a leg up. It maybe it gives you a little more of a advantage, you know, compared to an SEC school. Not an advantage, but it helps you catch up a yeah. little bit to say like South Carolina, right? Because they're getting the SEC money. But you know, it's something. But that doesn't change the fact that state needs more from the alumni. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really what his goal needs to be because if you look at it, there's not really one thing where you're like, all right, this is a pressing need. Like this needs to be fixed right now, and you know, I'm sure he'll have a list of things, and I can guarantee you that Elliot Avon is going to be in his ear right. about a new baseball stadium. But the money's just not there right, right now. And um, so we'll see if that changes. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's not really a coach who you want to hire, right? No. Like, there's not a coach on the hot seat. Right. Right? You know? I mean, Elliot Avon is the longest tenured one and the, and the one who who – Probably has the most, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The least amount of fan support, I guess. But he's still done such a good job with yeah. such poor facilities. You know, he's the only guy. I, I guess I should say this. Yeah, I think Elliot Avon is doing a great job. And it would be a, mis- a huge mistake to let him go. But at the same time, if you had to pick one coach to replace right now, it's probably him. Right. So... You know, I don't know. Corgan's want Corgan is gonna want to put his his impact on. He's gonna want to leave a legacy, right? And you know, the best way to leave a legacy is is by hiring coaches. So, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Not to say that you know he's gonna fire Elliot Avon at the end of this year, but you know, I don't know. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You obviously, you know, you want to come in and you don't want to be in someone's shadow the whole time you're here. And because Debbie Yow's done such a great job, you know, he's got to look for probably something new or different that maybe she didn't touch on as much if yeah. he wants to come out of her shadow or not be overlooked by just what she's done. So I don't really know all that much about being athletic director. So, but Yeah, I don't either. You know what I think would be uh, his first move if he could find a solution to the, to the pass outs? 
in Carter for oh, the Oh, yeah. I think that would be a good first step. Now, I don't know what the solution is. Don't ask me. I don't think know. anyone knows what the solution yeah, is. Yeah, so. but if he can find a good one that most people like, yeah, that would be a good start, I think. I agree. And, I, I mean, we've talked about the alcohol before. That's not that's not something state controls. Right. And I'm I'm fairly confident that as soon as it's legal to sell alcohol there, state will be doing so. I'm fairly confident. Yeah. So, I don't know. Anything else on the – I mean, I do like that you've seen the progress with the Army football team. You know, lost to Navy, what, 14, yeah. 15 straight years and won the last three. Uh, that's just off the top of my head. Such a great football game and tradition. So, that's going to be great to have. I like that Army, you know, obviously Army, West Point Academy. So, yeah. and State has such a big ROTC presence, I think it'll blend well. So, we'll see. Yeah. And uh, there was one more thing I was going to add, but now I forgot what it was. Oh, I don't know how much time you spent on Twitter today, but I, I don't think I saw one negative feedback, any negative feedback, I should say, from anybody. I Everything I saw was NC State made a great hire. Army is going to miss them a lot. Right. You know, stuff like that. I saw the same, so. Yeah, so, you know, I don't really know. I mean, we can look at what he did at Army and – you know, try to predict what he's going to do. But for me, athletic directors, it's so hard to measure translate, like to measure how their success is going to translate because you just don't know. Every school is so different. Um, you know, I think it's much easier to find a coach. You know, if a coach is good at a bad school, you can be confident that they're going to, you know, do well at, um, they're going to do well at a bigger school. But at the same time, like, an athletic director, if you're really good, like Army is really good, just theoretically. Army is really good at football, but does that mean every other sport suffered because foot, like right. football got so much attention? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's harder to judge how successful an athletic director is going to be versus a coach, but everything we've seen has been positive. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously it's gonna it's gonna be a transition period. It's gonna take time. Yeah. Uh, with any position, uh, athletic director overseeing the entire athletics department, so. We'll see. Obviously, what you don't want to see is athletics go backwards, which I don't think will happen at all. No. So, um, but there could be that potential for like, okay, maybe half a year, a year of like, maybe not improvements while we're in a transition period. That's still an option. But you like to see him hit the ground running. I think that might be some of the point of having uh, Debbie Yao stick around for, or he's coming in before she's retiring. So maybe that's got something to do with it. I don't really know. So. Well, there's just no, pr- there's nothing pressing. Right. Right. Yeah. And you talk about athletics going backwards. Like for as far as we can tell, state has a good coach at, at every sport. Like the only thing you could do to go backwards is to fire somebody, which right. I guess could happen Yeah. if you have a bad year or whatever, but pretty much I like, and I'm sure he's a smart enough guy. Just don't mess it up. Right. Right. Like, Give out a contract extension when you need to, stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, we'll talk more about Debbie Yao uh, moving forward when we don't have three basketball games. Oh, yeah. To recap, uh, I didn't realize that it had been three games since we'd been here. State played three games in six days. Uh, right. Which is tough, but uh, the loss to Louisville, 84 77. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't able to watch that game, so I don't really have much to add. I mean, in my opinion, it was almost an unwinnable game. You know, just the way State played poorly. I thought, you know, what was it? Twenty-three turnovers. That's not going to get it done on the road. Uh, the shooting percentage was actually decent. You know, forty-six from the field. That's pretty good. And then forty-four, forty-five from three-point line. 
But you give up 22 extra trips to the line, so Louisville went to the line 29 times. You just you can't you can't win, you, you can't win the game. Yeah. If you give up the teams at home, you give them 30 trips to the line, and you turn the ball over 23 times, and you foul 23 times, it's over. I mean, I don't care how well you shoot, I don't see it possible to win the game. So, not much to take from that, in my opinion. I mean. And State had the ball and a chance to take the lead. Right, with with 40 seconds or a minute to go or yeah. whatever it was, you know, down two. And without Markel Johnson. Yeah. So. I mean. You hate the moral victories because you want to win, and I still don't think it's a moral victory. But you can't you can't hang your head like the way you played. You should probably go. We probably should have lost the game. We don't have our best player yeah. tonight. We played poorly, so that was that. Yeah, I mean the charge on Braxton Beverly at the end of the game. I mean. Oh yeah. Whatever. Oh yeah. <laughs> Wisconsin <laughs> two, all over two, again. Two, two out of state's five losses have been down by two with the ball and just. Whatever charge. Yeah, calls whatever them. you want to call it. Okay, so. sh- okay, sure. That's a charge, buddy. Yeah. Uh, and then you had the Clemson game. And, uh, you know, I mentioned a while back, I was I was concerned about State playing better, not necessarily the results. And I thought State played better against Louisville. I thought they played better against Virginia. I don't think State played well against Clemson no, at all. No, no. And, um Miraculously, they won. Yeah, you could still tell Markel came into the game uh, great uproar from the crowd, but you could tell he's still shaking it off. Um, I thought C.J. Bryce played well, and that might have been about it, really. So Markel obviously had a lot of points in the second half, but I, he only played what? He only played 23 minutes. Well, he played 23 minutes, but Keats yeah. had said beforehand or afterwards he only wanted him to play six to eight. Yeah, he played a lot more than I think they, they want him to. But that was a good sign because he was yeah. comfortable and he looked good out there. Yeah, State didn't rebound well at all. And normally in the ACC you don't rebound well and your best player's not to his best. You know, It's probably not going to turn out so well. They somehow pulled it out. I mean, down six with 20 seconds to go. People, people were long gone. And I, the thought had long passed me to leave when State had missed two three-pointers in a row, you know, in the last two minutes. Like, well, yeah. that's that. And uh, stuck around, it was worth it. So I think State actually won the game at the foul line. You know, 12 of 13 from the stripe, that might be the best percentage I've ever seen State shoot. So as long as it, it well, only more than 10. Attempts, though. I know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to say about that one. Yeah. State, State got lucky. I mean, that's right. just what it is. And, you know, I talk all the time about close games, and they're just coin flips. Right. Every game that State has played is a coin flip. And, you know, sometimes the coin goes your way, sometimes it doesn't. And fortunately, on Saturday, it went your way. But if State doesn't win the game on Saturday, guess what? On last night, coin probably flips the other way, and you win. Yeah, funny how that happens. So I said State won the game from the foul line. State's best foul shooter was Marquise Reed for Clemson. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I felt uh, bad for him. But yeah. I mean, look, you could really tell once he missed the first free throw and then especially after the second, you could tell, like, all right. Something's going to happen. State's going to have a chance here. Yeah. And then um, Braxton Beverly hit one from about 26, 27 feet. Yeah. And, um, look, I complain. I don't like his shot selection, but. Can you complain anymore? When he makes one of those. Yeah. I won't complain about the long threes. I might complain about some of the other ones. But. The contested ones are what? Yeah. Do me sometimes, so. Yeah, so it was an awesome win. I mean, it was really something State needed, especially going into Virginia. Yeah. You know, in hindsight, we can say, well, if, you know, one two-point game, if State doesn't win one, they probably win the other. But, you know, after the Clemson game, you're looking at – 
State was staring three and four in the ACC in the face with Virginia and Virginia Tech coming to town and then a trip to Chapel Hill. And that that would have been bad. Yeah. That would have been scary. That would have been um, – I, I don't know what I'm trying to – I I don't think State would have been in danger of missing the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And they definitely would have, wouldn't have been a contender for the double bye. But – I guess it would have been disappointing after State was in the top 15 a couple weeks ago. Right. Then you're staring, you know, four and six in the ACC right in the face, you know, or something like that. Four yeah, and six, three and seven. That would have been so disappointing after where State was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I almost called it a must win against Clemson. Not, I think they're just out of reach now with the loss to Louisville for the double bye. Still doable, but I think it's almost gone. I think – to stay 500 in the ACC, they needed to beat Clemson, in my opinion. So, yeah. and they they got it done somehow. So, obviously, I think the momentum though is what really helped. I think so. Last night, you know, it was only you know you play Saturday at two, you're still at home. Okay, you're still on campus, and everyone's all excited for the game on Tuesday, which is only like three days away. So, I think any, if anything, it helped them play better, in my opinion, against Virginia that they won against Clemson. Yeah, I think so. A little momentum boost. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the Virginia ga- game last night, I thought it was a great game. Yeah. And you really can't say enough about, you know, how hard NC State plays. I thought State, when Virginia stretched the lead out to 14, I want to say. Yes. I felt like, at that point, I still felt like State was Could playing well. They just weren't making shots. Yeah. State was shooting like 25% at one point. Which is crazy. You never see a team shoot that at home. And yes, they were shooting bad shots and whatnot. But that's what Virginia does to you. And but State still had some open threes. They right. still had some, you know, shots in the paint that could have gone down and they didn't and they just kept fighting and you know, I know a lot of people were really proud of the way State played. And I am too, don't get me wrong, but it still feels like a missed opportunity. Right. I thought State outplayed Virginia. I really did. Yeah. And you know, people can say, Oh, Virginia didn't play well or whatever, but I thought the reason they didn't play well is because of the pressure State put on them. Yeah, State's defense was phenomenal. You know, I thought Virginia scored a lot of their points on almost an unguardable, you know, high ball screen, pick and roll, and then make the extra pass. And that's just one too many rotations, really, to keep up with with to keep up with Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome on the three-point line and then keep up with Hunter and Salt uh, rolling and cutting to the basket. It's just a lot. And you see that in the first half. I think Virginia scored most of their points on that play, which is good for them if they can run the same play and keep scoring. You know, they're yeah. obviously a great offensive basketball team to execute like that. Uh, but State's defense, I thought, was a lot better in the second half, especially at the end of the game. You know, I thought Virginia was going to make a couple clutch baskets there with like two minutes to go and just pull it out three, four points. And State got a block and then a steal and then another block and then another steal. And so... You know, they were able to turn it up. I thought they needed to score more in transition points. I don't have the stats for transition points, but I thought they needed a lot of transition points, and they only had those few when they were making the comeback, which really helped. So. Well, I think State ended up with 13 in the se- thirteen or 14 in the second half. Yeah. But, you know, you can tip your hat to State all you want, but um, Virginia's such a good offensive team. Right. And I think that's the thing that gets lost when everybody thinks of Virginia. They think of defense and slowing the game down. But they are so good at making shots. Yes. And they're not easy shots either. No. And, um, you know, Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome in the backcourt, every time they needed a bucket, they were – Yeah. I mean, it, it felt like in the second half, State was missing wide-open shots, and Virginia was hitting bottom of the net on just, like, 25-footers with a hand in the face. Yeah, it was just at ridiculous. the end of the shot clock. And yeah. 
Yeah, it's so heartbreaking. You play 27, 28 seconds of great defense and give up. And then they hit a, a shot contested like three pointer yeah. when the game's tied. It just takes everything out of you. But state state kept fighting back. So. And uh, we've talked about the refs a lot, and uh, I think we have to point out that state did have a a 21 to 19. I believe it was 21-19 yeah. advantage at the free throw line. I thought there were two stretches where the refs really slowed State down. One was early in the – I don't know if it was early. In the second half, State started a comeback. Right. It was 42-28. State had a couple baskets. And then three trips down, three trips, trips in a row for Virginia – there were fouls. I want to say State scored on like four or five possessions in a row. Right. Crowd was starting to get excited. You had one foul where two Virginia players literally tripped over each other. Right. You remember that one? Yeah. There was another. The second one I think was legit. I don't remember exactly what it was. And then there was a third one where the guy lost the ball. And right. it hit off his knee off the backboard. And Funderburk got called for the foul. And then I thought that was huge because – Instead of a 10-0 run for State, it was something like a 10-4 or 10-5 run. Right. And those two those two possessions right there, you know, the game ended up tied in overtime. If those two possessions go differently, you know, the game probably ends differently. And then in overtime, State took the lead. And then three possessions in a row, once again, Virginia got sent to the free throw line. And the carry on Markel Johnson. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with that. Yeah, I don't know. Look, last, I've, yeah. I've been watching Markel Johnson play for almost three years now, and I've been watching from the same spot, 50 feet away. He carries the ball in every possession. Right. Why Why in overtime? Why call it in overtime? State's got all the momentum in the world. Right. You just gave Virginia a ticky-tack free throw. It was probably a free throw, but it was ticky-tack. Yeah. And then you go down and call a carry where it's he's just dribbling the ball around the perimeter. He's not even doing anything. Yeah. And you go and call the carry. That's a game changer. It really is. You just take a possession right out of State's hands. You know, I don't think you should ever call a carry unless it's one of the one of those obvious where it's like it's basically a travel because he carried, right? right. And that's not what this was. Right? Yeah. He just he was dribbling out on the perimeter and you just call call a carry just because, just because the referee wants his name to be known. I don't remember which referee it was. I don't think it was Jamie Lucky. Okay. But I, it's just, it's ridiculous to me. Like, you go to Duke, that, like, my biggest problem with it is that a call is not getting called if you put a different jersey on states. You go to Cameron Indoor Stadium, that that is not getting called. It's yeah. not. You go to the Dean Smith Center, it's not getting called. No. They would not call that. Yeah, I mean, Kerry, it's almost non-existent now in college basketball unless you, like, literally palm the ball and then set it back down. You know, I guess that that might even be a double dribble. I don't know. But yeah. it's so far gone that everyone around me was like, what in the world did they call, like, a moving screen? Because I think somebody was coming up set a ball screen. I don't know. And I was like, no, they called a carry. And everyone was like, I can't remember the last time they called a carry. So uh, definitely disappointing. You know, some you that's one of those that – it's so inconsistent that you can't call it one time every five, six, seven. I mean, it's probably one in almost every ten games that you play. Probably less. I don't and even know anymore. You know what? If you're going to call it in the first half, fine, whatever. Yeah. Have your moment of shine, Mr. Referee. <laughs> but in overtime, there's four minutes left. Two ranked teams going at it. It's a great game. Why do you have to call it there? It's just, I don't know. It's the referee throwing his 
Like, that is changing the outcome of the game on something that's completely unnecessary. Right. And, you know, to throw it on top of the foul calls, I saw Virginia fans thought the refs were bad both ways. I mean, you can't admit that the referees were not bad on when Virginia was on offense. I guess... I guess... I didn't think there were any horrific calls when State was on defense and called for fouls, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, referees are bad both ways. Yeah. But I thought those two stretches were both game-changing. Yeah, I mean, State had just – the first lead was State won the tip ball in overtime, you know, and Markel yeah. drains a three. That's the first lead of the whole game. Okay. Well, you give up the and one on the other end on the alley-oop, and you're like, well, at least it's still tied. We're not losing, and then we've got the ball now, so we can do something with it, and then – you get called for a carry, and you don't have the ball. And I feel like – I think Ty Jerome made one of his threes. Yeah. Or it might have been Kyle Guy. No, Virginia got the ball back and didn't give the lead up. Yeah, I so think. that was it. I mean, the way – this how slow Virginia plays, I think there were like – yeah, you said four minutes. That might be five, six, maybe five, six possessions if each you're lucky. Way. Yeah. Each way, and, you know. And just to take one out of your hand just because – Yeah. Just to feel that you need to make a point. Like I said, if you call in the first half – Fine, whatever. But if you're going to call that, you've also got to call something the other way, right? Yeah. Like, if you want to call a carry one way, you know, I'm not saying you got to call a carry the other way, but I, I, I don't know. I guess. Maybe a three-second call. That'd be nice. Yeah. I don't know. Like, exactly, a three-second call, because they never call that either. No, it wasn't called. I mean, I was watching Walker and then Salt and Huff and, I, and Hunter – and all of them are guilty, every single one of them, Funderburk of standing in lane. Because, you know, you have to be all the way outside the lane. Yeah. And you can't just pick your foot up. You have to get your whole body outside like of a vertical, I don't know what you want to call it, plane. It's almost yeah. like a goal line. And no one ever does that. So you like to see maybe that one changed, in my opinion, because it's so hard. No way can a referee see three-second call, defensive fouls, the ball. I don't, there's no way they can see it all. So. Yeah. They just miss a bunch because, in my opinion, it's way too many too many things to look at at one time. And the insignificant ones that are never called, they just shouldn't be called unless it's obvi- yeah. blatantly obvious. Three seconds, never called. A carry, never called. You know, they started getting a little better at moving screens, but so. Like I said, he carries the ball on every possession. Yeah. He's done it for three years. If you're going to call it, call it in the first half. Yeah, okay. That's and rant. All right, now that my blood pressure is hot, <laughs> uh, let's let's look forward. I was looking at the schedule last night. There's ten games left. I split it five five and five. Yeah, I'd agree. The last that. five are a lot easier than the next five. Agreed. And State sitting at four and four. I think the target has to be eleven and seven. Now that kind of sounds like a tall task when you say it off the tongue, but look at the last five. And yeah. four and one should be what State is doing there. Yeah, I mean, minimum. the last five, you get Boston College twice. Wake, who you've already lost to. Uh, Florida State, who's kind of bouncing back but lost again. I don't know. And then Georgia Tech, who just got demolished at home against Carolina. So you like your chances, I think, in all five of those five if we're being straight up. So. Yeah. I mean, Florida State is the one where you're like, okay, on the road, that's going to be a tough one. But And obviously Boston College twice in four games or two. Five games. Five games. That's going to be tough. But Wake Forest at home, Georgia Tech at home, and probably Boston College at home, those should all be three easy wins. Yeah. And then at BC, at Florida State, you know, those might be tough. I think you can win both. Yeah. I really do. I mean, road games in the ACC are obviously tough, but 
I think State's at a place now. We saw them play, I think, one of their best games, not their best game last night. Yeah. And to go, okay, if they can play semi-decent to that on the road against these mediocre ACC teams, they should come away with a win. Not that Florida State's mediocre, but yeah. you know, they're not Virginia. Right. So now that we're – okay, we'll just do this out of order. So if you can go 4-1 and one there – that puts you at eight and five. Okay. Then you're eight and five looking at this next five. And you gotta win three, right? Virginia Tech at home, at Chapel Hill, at Pitt, home against Syracuse, at Duke. I don't think there's a game on there that I'm entirely confident that it will be a win. No, but there's also a game on there you're entirely confident it'll be a loss. Maybe yeah. Duke. You know, if they have Duke seems to have every now and then just a poor, poor game. And so maybe you I, get that night from Duke. Maybe look, you don't. We'll talk about more about this, yeah. the Duke game specifically. But if State can press against Duke and wear Trey Jones out, yeah. I think State has a chance to win the game. Problem is, you know, Zion Williamson and RJ Barrett might crush you in transition. Yeah. But look, they're crushing everybody. Yes. So take your chances that you wear them out with the press and then go from there. Um, but those five. Two and three probably is not good enough to get you a bye. Yeah, right? I think three and two and then four and one or three and two and four and one and then you probably need some help. Yes. To get the bye. And if you look at it, State has to make up that Wake Forest loss on the road. Wake Forest isn't gonna beat many more teams. Yeah. Maybe like one or two. So you've gotta turn around and beat a team who's not gonna lose to many teams and Duke and Virginia are those two yeah, options. Yeah, you almost got it last night, uh like you said, missed opportunity. You lost to Wake Forest where you shouldn't have lost, and so you need one back. Um, I, You know, the trend of win one, lose one is in full swing, you know, since all ACC play win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. So you like your chances Saturday if you're just going off of that. Yeah. I mean, Virginia Tech's obviously a great offensive team, but stayed at home after a very competitive close loss. I like them, so Yeah, Virginia we'll Tech. Virginia Tech's a good team. Yes. They've lost a couple of key pieces uh, who haven't played all year, and uh, you know that makes you think that they're ranked pretty high just because they were preseason ranked high and they just haven't lost. But uh, in the Ken Palm rankings, they are top ten in the country, right? And I want to say they're top ten in both offense and defense. Uh, so that is going to be a tough one. But at home, coming off a tough loss, you've got some time to recover. I definitely think that's a game State should win. At Chapel Hill. I think State wins that one. Yeah, it's uh, almost a toss-up to me. It, 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 it is a toss-up. Yeah. I think they're playing well right now. Yes. They're 6-1 and one in the ACC, is that Yeah, right? they've, they've gone – it's either three or four consecutive games shooting close to 50% from the floor. And if they do that, they're incredibly difficult to beat most teams shooting 50% from yeah. the floor, especially how many times Carolina has the ball. You're shooting 50%, you're shooting 55 times. You know, you're making plus 25 baskets. So you hope to catch them on a bad shooting night um, – that might be the best game plan, play defense and just put a hand in their face. And you got to stick with Cam Johnson on the perimeter stuff. So. Yeah. No, it'll, it'll be tough, but I, I don't know. I thought State and Chapel Hill would split. Yeah. And since State lost the first one, like I said, they're 6-1. and one. I don't think they're a 6-1 and one team, though. No, I think they're like more. That would, that would put yeah. you on pace to go like. What like fifteen and three or something, sixteen and two, something like that. Yeah, and they're they're just not that good. They do have to play Duke twice. They play Louisville again Saturday. So and Virginia, I think they've right? had a yeah. I think they've had they've had an easier draw at the beginning, in yeah. my opinion. Still, just crushing teams. Great basketball team always, but State's got definitely the easier draw at the end, which is sometimes good. You know, you like to go into March winning a lot of games, but sometimes bad. You know, if you don't have a wake up call since you played Duke in the middle of February. It could be disaster come tournament time. You know, we'll see. Yeah. 
and then you have at Pitt and Syracuse at home. Those are both going to be very tough. Right. But if you want to double by, you you have to win both. You got to win them both. I think you have to win them both. I think that's that's the most critical stretch. Those two games to me of how this team's going to respond. You know, if somehow you lose the next two, you're almost like you're. Well, you're, then you're then you're out of the double. Well, yeah, you're out of the double buy. But if you lose the next two, you're at risk of obviously not finishing 500 in the conference. But if you lose the next two and then somehow win against Pitt and Syracuse, well, then you're right. You're almost back on track for 500. You're out of the double bye, but maybe you can snag five or six seed. I don't know. And so, to me, those are two games that they're almost must-wins. That's all I'm saying. The, yeah, the next two – the problem with losing the next two, Virginia and Chapel Hill, is, okay, who is your good win against? Right. Because Auburn has fallen off. Yes. And every other team that State has beaten is not good. Yeah, I agree. And And odds are you're not going to beat Duke. I think, yeah, I've talked about this before, I think. When you go to Selection Sunday, who are they going to show where your good wins? Right. Who who are State's good wins right now? I mean, they'd put put Auburn because that's State's – Probably state's right. best win, Auburn's but they're not. not even, it's it's that hardly a good win. win. Yeah, I agree. That can't be your best win. So and you know, state's going to get some credit, and the like state like not to say if state doesn't beat any of these, you know, top fifteen teams, they're not going to make the tournament. But it's going to hurt you in seeding. And definitely, you know, state's a good enough team to beat them. So you really want to have something to show for it at that point. Last year, state had no problem knocking off these top ten, top fifteen teams. Yes, um, but. You know, this year's a different team, and I think it's a better team, but, you know, I don't know. Every ACC game has been close. Obviously, the Wisconsin game was close as well. You've got to be encouraged. I mean, every game that State has lost has been a one-possession game in the final minute. Yeah, it's definitely, like, exciting competitive basketball. You're not getting blown out, and even when you are losing by – I saw the five games State was down double digits in the second half, where every single time they've at least tied the game, or some have even taken the lead, so – that's real encouraging. I do agree. Like they need to win one of these next two, to really boost. I don't know team morale or obviously seeding. I think right now, if State doesn't win either of these two and doesn't beat Duke, you know they can finish. I don't care where they finish. They see fifth, sixth. They're still going to be like an eight, nine, ten, eleven seed. I think seven at the best without like a good win. I don't know. I mean, you still have the ACC tournament. Yeah, but but I don't know. To wrap it up, I'm I'm just gonna. I think we can agree. You got to go three and two, four and one, and that ten, five, two five game stretches. Yeah. Three and two, four and one, if you want a chance at the double bye. Just to wrap it up, um, I talked about State playing better, and I think they've done that, with the exception of the Clemson game, which somehow they found a way to win. But to me, State is now looking like a team. They're not playing their best basketball yet. Right. But it's not March yet. It's not March yet, and I think this team is starting to look like a team that could catch fire at the right time. Yeah, it seems like, those, in my opinion, those scrappy NCAA tournament teams that always make the Sweet 16 have, you know, they haven't played the best all season, but all of a sudden they just turn it on. Right. And they like to play gutty defense and run the ball and I don't know what you want to call it, but I think they fit the the profile for that team that can just all of a sudden just click it and make a deep run. So and, and you're losing to good teams. State's going to be so battle tested, right? You know, heading in facing you know, I I don't know who a, th- a two or a three seed in the second round isn't going to intimidate State because no. they've played right all these other good teams. So 
I just want to throw that out there. I don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the regular season. States, you know, it's an uphill battle to the top four seeds. But I can, I can, I am back to imagining a scenario where State starts playing its best basketball in March and goes on a run either in the ACC tournament or the NCAA tournament or both. Right. Um, so to me, that's the most exciting part. We'll see if it happens, but at least to me, like the State team that, beat Wake Forest and beat or lost Wake Forest and beat Pitt and there were a couple other games in there. I just didn't envision I couldn't envision that team winning two, three, four games in a row in March. Right. And now I'm back to imagining that. Yeah. I guess. I can see that happening. And obviously the Clemson game was only, you know, three days ago and I thought State was terrible in that game. So, you know, that tells you how how quickly things change. But I don't know. We'll see. I, I think, bottom line, you have to be encouraged. Yeah. And uh, it, it looks like you agree with me that. Yeah, it's, State it's looks never like about the best team in March. It's about who's playing the best basketball yep. in March. So you don't really know until you get there. Um, but I think we saw a lot, a lot last night. And somehow finding a way to win against Clemson and even playing as poorly and as awfully and as horrendously as they did at Louisville without their best player having a chance to tie or take the lead with less than a minute and go on the road. So. You know. Yeah. Next two games, Virginia Tech and Chapel Hill on the road. Before we meet again, what do you think happens? Do you remember when uh, we sat in here before? It was, I think it was, it was a, was it Penn State and Auburn? It was right before Christmas break, and we yeah. said it's a big stretch. And I don't know what you, you, we both said win them both. So I'm going to go with win them both. Okay. Why yeah. not, you know? I think State wins them both. Yeah. Too. I think State might, uh, I don't know if they're, they're going to blow Virginia Tech out. But I think State wins handily Saturday. Handily on Saturday, yeah. Because yeah. State knows that they need that one, and yes. that's going to be the quality win that they need. All right, anything else? We've been we've been going for almost 45 minutes. Yeah, I now, mean, so. we didn't talk about Wyatt Walker enough. Great game last night. Yes. So. Yeah. Uh, it was a big day for the for the leader of the Wyatt Walker fan club. Yeah. Julie, so. Oh, was it me? No, me. I thought I was. Okay. Well, maybe we both are. Apparently, didn't know. Co-presidents of the Wyatt Walker fan club. Just yeah. Yeah. All over the place last night. Great game. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I think that'll about do it. All right, that'll do it. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Howler. Make sure you check it back again next week. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of PAC-TV. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu slash sports.